the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we hit the top of our second uh, hour, uh, second of our daily three-hour tour. We usually have Brandon Weikert on on Mondays. Uh, he was traveling uh, earlier this week, and we'll restore ourselves to regular order Monday soon, but so much going on, I couldn't spend a week without him. Brandon Weikert is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy, which you can order online right now. And upcoming for next year, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Brandon, thanks for joining us midweek. I hope you're doing well, sir. Thank you for having me, and I am doing well. And I see that our friend Kelly published uh, my next op-ed for the Washington Times. Great. Will China attack Taiwan this fall? Uh, so all is well in Weikert's world. Well, let's start there. I'm glad to hear all is well there. I want you well. Uh, I, uh, you know, we, we need you more than ever right now, Brandon. So let's start with China. Um, they're firing missiles uh, out and around and circumferencing Taiwan right now. Uh, right. Big surprise? Uh, no, this this was pretty um, predictable given, you know, Pelosi's uh, trip. I think what we should take away is that um, in the 90s, if you'll remember, there are two instances that stand in my mind related to China and Taiwan and the United States. The first was the Taiwan Strait crisis, specifically the one that happened in 1996, in which Taiwan looked to be ready to elect a pro-independence leader in Taiwan, uh, and China got a little twitchy, so they started trying to intimidate the voters in Taiwan by popping off lots of missiles and threatening to invade. And then the Clinton administration failed an aircraft carrier through the Strait of Taiwan. China realized, uh-oh, we can't do anything to stop that. And so a you know, lowly single aircraft carrier was able to stop the entire might of the Chinese military in 1996, uh, forced them to stand down. Also, 25 years ago, Newt Gingrich planned to go to Taiwan from Beijing, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, flash forward to 2022, and my goodness, it's a night and day difference between when Gingrich went uh, and when uh, Pelosi ended up going. Uh, and furthermore, when Pelosi announced that she was coming to Taiwan, China began deploying their warships. They be, be, began preparing for the missile test, even as not one, but three U.S. aircraft carriers were deployed to the region to signal strength. The Chinese did not back down this time. They doubled down. They expanded their military operations. And now here we have it, two days after Pelosi's trip, they're still popping off these fireworks like, you know, like there's no tomorrow. Uh, so obviously, China's capabilities have increased significantly, uh, which means that their intention, uh, which is hostile, has only been honed and increased significantly in the last 30 years. Where will they be in another few years is the real question. What will their intentions and capabilities be 
come 2024 or even next year. Brandon, how much is the cabining and uh, circumscribing of the Communist Chinese Party dependent upon the United States? I was making the case earlier that things are beginning to become awfully redolent of the 1970s. Uh, The withdrawal of Saigon, followed by President Carter, who lectured Americans in the world that we had an inordinate fear of communism, even as communists marched to take over 10 countries, still giving us the Afghanistan problem we have today. You look at Afghanistan withdrawal a year ago this month as our Saigon moment, and you look at this president's continual, uh, uh, shall we say, kowtowing to the interests of our enemies with a feckless response, which set expectations too high, only to now be curtailed with regard to Russia and Ukraine. How much is China looking at us and saying, this is go time for us, just as it was go time for the Soviets and the Iranians in the 70s? Absolutely. Uh, In fact, it's worse because, uh, as I say in my Washington Times piece, uh, I think that, in fact, the Chinese might surprise everybody but me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, hit the Taiwanese in the fall. In fact, as one reader of the uh, article wrote in the comments section, and he's right, September and early October are always the most favorable weather for any amphibious invasion of Taiwan. And you'll remember, I said this to you, I think, last week or the week before, um, in December of last year, a Russian intelligence analyst leaked to Bellingcat, which is a private intelligence firm, uh, a conversation that happened between President um, Xi Jinping of China and President Vladimir Putin of Russia, in which Xi Jinping explicitly told Putin that by fall of 2022, we will invade Taiwan. And that was what they say triggered Putin to invade when he did, because he knew that he could basically invade, and whatever happened in Ukraine, the Americans would not be able to sustain any assistance to Ukraine, because in the fall of 22, that was when the hammer was going to drop on Taiwan, and we are rapidly approaching that. I theorize, and this is another thing I'm writing for American Greatness, I'm theorizing that the reason that Ms. Pelosi went to Taiwan when she did, as rapidly as she did, was because she is privy, as the third most powerful person in the federal government, she is privy to classified intelligence briefings, and I am sure that they told her it looks like the Chinese are ramping up just across the Taiwan Strait for some big operation. Maybe it's just a big training mission, maybe it's not, and that is probably why she decided, okay, I'm going to go now, I'm going to highlight this, as well as the fact that I suspect Pelosi's going to be retiring after her party loses this November. But I do think that everybody's saying already the Pentagon's reassessing their initial assessment from last year, which I never agree with, which was that Taiwan was safe until 2027. They're now saying in another 18 months. Well, no, I think actually they're going to be surprised by everybody is going to be surprised when China goes in. Uh, to attack or blockade even Taiwan this fall, you can mark my words. I think that's what's going to happen. It's already oh, subjecting. It's already subjecting China is uh, Taiwan to a form of terrorism in a sense. 
I was watching earlier video today. I mean, you're on the beach of Taiwan and you see these missiles being fired. You're on literally vacation beaches in Taiwan and you're watching Chinese missiles being fired just off the horizon of your ocean. It's it's visible and it's frightening. I I don't know if an American, uh, you know, on the Jersey Shore or in San Diego or for God, God knows any any beachfront in Florida. What what the American reaction would be if they saw something like that? We would well, we would go into absolute panic. Well, you know, uh, Seth, I can see Cuba from my front yard. I understand. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can see Reboy's front door from your front yard. <laughs> but, uh, all, He's your Cuba serious, connection. Okay, yes, we're yes, on to yes. you. In all, in all seriousness, though, um, my um, you know my take is no American can empathize unless they've lived in another country yeah. that was subjected to this kind of threat. I mean, you can literally see the contrails from the missiles. Right. You, standing on Taiwan, you see them passing by, you hear them. Now, what happens, because it's Chinese-built technology, what happens when the slave labor that built those uh, missiles was not as good as it should have been, and those missiles, God forbid, accidentally... Uh, well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, this is these are not... these. There are smart missiles, but they're, they're not brilliant missiles. Rounds. Yeah, yeah. And this time, because of Nancy Pelosi, the Chinese said, well, these will be live rounds. So what happens, God forbid, if even unintentionally, these these missiles or, 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 or shells land on a target in Taiwan and kill people? That's an act of war. Of course. What do we do? You know... And this, you know, so in one way, I commend Pelosi. I think she was right to do it. I don't know if the timing was necessarily the best. I don't really understand what the strategic objective was. I don't think anybody in D.C. sat down and asked that. Um, This is all virtue signaling. Um, But, you know, she was right to do it. But now we need to be thinking and contemplating the after effects. What do we do now? Yeah, what let me let me like take a after? quick let me take a quick commercial break and ask you about that and also whether we're taking China seriously enough. I've been sharing an article, I think I shared it with you too about China buying up land in yeah. the United States including in some really weirdly head-scratching places like right next to the Grand Forks Air Force base in um in North Dakota. Brandon Weikert is our guest, uh, and his piece up at the Washington Times, Will China Attack Taiwan This Fall? Really important. Check it out, WashingtonTimes.com, as are all his books. We'll recite them again as we go to break. Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and coming out next year, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. No better, no better guest than Brandon Weikert, no better analyst. I'm Seth. He's Brandon. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brandon Weikert is our guest. His most recent piece is up at the Washington Times. Will China attack Taiwan this fall? Just out today. Brandon, I want to talk to you a little bit more about China than move to Iran and Russia as well. Of course, there's an interconnectedness in any event, but... Uh, okay, if China does move on Taiwan, what can, what would the U.S. do? <laughs> exactly, <Nothing>. right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> if Kamala Harris is in charge, that's the first reaction. Then what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> then she's going to let the Chinese know that she is in the White House. She is there. She is a woman. That is her pronoun. And she's uh, wearing and, blue. And she's wearing blue. Well, yeah. maybe she'll be wearing red or pink, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, yeah. um, 
I, I uh, no, I think that the real interesting thing, so when I was lecturing last year at a military base in, in Washington State, one of the young airmen, very smart young man, he asked me, he said, so I think we can all assume that the National Command Authority will likely not initiate a third world war for Taiwan. However, he said, um, Japan has indicated that they will send forces to defend Taiwan. And then he asked me, given that we have a mutual defense treaty with Japan, should Japanese forces be attacked and destroyed as part of their response to a Chinese invasion of Taiwan? Wouldn't we therefore be on the hook for coming to at least help the Japanese? I didn't think about that until he had asked that. And I would say that we are on the hook. And if we didn't respond to Japan, to their plea for help, the entire American international alliance system would effectively crumble. Um, and that would have such a destructive impact on our national security. I mean, remember they said that Mr. Trump was going to destroy our alliances. In fact, if we refuse to respond to either Taiwan's pleas for help, and definitely if we refuse to respond to Japan's pleas for help, at that point, the American international order is effectively over. Uh, and whatever comes next will be a Chinese and Russian-dominated one. Brandon, uh, can, can, Japan, can Japan theoretically defend Taiwan from China? Japan is the most sophisticated military indigenous to the Indo-Pacific. Having said that, they can do quite a bit of damage, certainly. And they can certainly get initial punches in. But ultimately, whether it's Japan or Taiwan or South Korea or even India or Australia, ultimately, in that neck of the woods, it's going to have to be backstopped by Uncle Sam. Yeah. And this administration... I don't believe has any incentive or understanding of how to defend that situation. Remember, the supposedly most brilliant national security advisor we've had since George Bundy, Jake Sullivan, admitted last week at the Aspen Ideas Festival that until recently he had no idea what a supply chain was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is who we went dealing with. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, this is this is this is this is the same administration that's making propaganda tourist visit videos of Wuhan. That's right. That's right. With Nick Burns, right? And so, um, you know, this administration was. Now, remind remind you, um, this administration was openly opposing Nancy Pelosi, their own party yeah. speaker of the House. Yeah. So imagine the hey the heyday that the Chinese had with with propaganda on that. Even the leader of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, was trying to stop this crazy Democrat lady. And of course, Pelosi is not. No, um, but no, but, but that's right. I mean, but the Chinese, whether they use it for propaganda or not, the communist Chinese right. uh, leadership, whether they right. use it for propaganda or not, is seeing that there is a division in the leadership in the United States. I mean, it's. I understand that uh, I, I understand that the the press secretary of the United States might not uh, of the president of the United States might not understand our system of government and the American people, but the Chinese people do. Our yeah. enemies do, and if they can yeah. see a division even in between the leadership of the president and the leadership of the House of Representatives, that's a signal to them whether they use it for propaganda right. or not. Right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And so any division or cleavage within our system, whether it's Democrat-Republican or within the Democratic Party, when it comes to dealing with China, that will be exploited by the People's Republic of China 
to their advantage. And I can guarantee you it did not help anybody with Pelosi being on the ground in Taiwan, literally having her life threatened uh, by Chinese military forces, and Jack Kirby in the White House saying that we don't support an independent Taiwan that's right. this administration. That's right. That doesn't help anybody but the Chinese. No, that's right. I mean, he might as well said we won't defend Taiwan. I mean, that is right. what he, he said. He might as well have said I won't, we won't protect Nancy right. Pelosi. You can have your way. You right. can do whatever you want. Exactly um, right. Exactly. By the way, in terms of reciprocity, what we should be doing is every time the Chinese threaten one of our leaders for visiting an ally like Taiwan, we do the same to a Chinese leader visiting Iran or visiting North Korea. It's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. See how much Beijing likes that. By the way, I said that on Sinclair TV uh, two days ago, and my Facebook, when I posted it, my Facebook account was locked. I'd been banned on Facebook for saying that I threatened China's leaders. Uh, that, by the way, should show you how our social media companies are in hock to the Chinese. They can threaten our leaders, even Democrats, and not have anything happen to their social media accounts. The little old me says it on a, a news broadcast, and I get my Facebook account locked. I don't think it's because you offended Chinese sensibilities over at Facebook. Absolutely. I think it's because uh, a gander is a male goose and it didn't fit <laughs> in the 57 categories of genders and you mispronounced the gooses in your example, Brandon. No, Fair but I'm making light enough. of a very serious point. Your, your point is serious. Our social media companies have kowtowed, that's the right word to it, to the Chinese yep. Communist Party, including aiding and abetting the surveillance of dissidents. It is a disgusting situation. These are not in any way, shape, or form American corporations, Brandon. That's right. That's right. They are multinational corporations, as they like to remind us. Yeah. Although, in the case of companies like Facebook or in the companies like Google, they began with U.S. government grants. Of course. It may not be well known, but Google's algorithm began with an NSF grant. Yep. And in fact, there's some speculation that Facebook actually began as a CIA grant. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we dare not talk about these things in polite society. Well, Brandon, one of the things I want to do, this is kind of a big issue for a bunch of us here who are just scratching our heads over it. i got to take a commercial break. Maybe we yeah. can do it on the other side. But it is some of the other non-kinetic activity China is engaged yeah. in, uh, acquiring billions in U.S. farmland. Can we talk about that on the other side of this Let's break? Let's do it. As we go to break, let me put in a word for my friends at Y. Refi, if you're looking for a unique and remarkable investment opportunity, please check them out. What they're offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm where investors do really well by doing good for others. And you can be part of that too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y. REFY.com, or you can visit them. Give them a call at 85, their local company. Give them a call at 855 316 3087. That's 855 316 3087. You won't get a sales pitch from them. They'll just happily tell you what it is that they do and let it speak for itself. Uh, I am Seth Liebson. He is Brandon Weikert. Uh, you may not know about this, but you need to know about what we're going to talk about when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Author, scholar, teacher Brandon Weikert is with us. Uh, you want to check out his most recent contribution to our knowledge over at the Washington Times, WashingtonTimes.com. Will China attack Taiwan this fall? Just out today. 
and that's on the kinetic level. But there's also the um, the subtle stuff that's going on in some respects uh, in our front yard and yet under the radar, Brandon. There's this story a bunch of us have been circulating with some concern. You tell us if we are right to be concerned that um, the Chinese government is buying up billions of dollars worth of land in America and not just lots of land. The land tends to be located near military installations and other critical targets, as in 20 minutes from the Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota, as just one example, hundreds of acres there. How concerned should we be about this? Uh, we should be very concerned. Uh, this, they're, they're building these, or they're trying to purchase land near these military bases, um, one in Grand Forks uh, that is responsible for controlling uh, U.S. military satellite operations. The space is also where we conduct our most secretive advanced um, drone tests. Uh, you can bet the Chinese are not buying that because they want to build corn mills. They are buying it because they want to get real-world actionable intelligence on our most sophisticated military, technological, telecommunications systems and practices. They want to soak up all of that information and absorb it and put it into their war machine uh, so they can figure out how they can disrupt us, how they can hurt us, how they can beat us, how minimizing damage to themselves in any American counterattack. Um, buying up farmland near bases is a big problem. And we have an even larger problem, actually. Um, as you know, I have been talking about the food war and the water war that's coming for some time, the resource war. Um, and, and if we allow Chinese companies, which are front groups for the Chinese government, to purchase large swaths of critical American farmland, we are effectively allowing Beijing, the Communist Party of China, to have control over our domestic food supply. And that, my friends, is a nightmare. We may all have to start eating bugs in a war situation, uh, whether we want to or not, whether the World Economic Forum tells us to or not, because the Chinese Communist Party may do something to our other more normal uh, food supplies uh, should they be allowed to purchase large swabs of this very important farmland. Brandon, we, uh, people like yourself, uh, Brian Kennedy, Frank Gaffney, Gordon um, Gordon Chang, uh, others, Arthur Walter, they, they've been warning about this, and you all have been warning about this for years. I'd like to think I, I've been propelling some of these points as well for years. Tends to fall deftly or shrugs off. Say something like what saying something like what you just said about worried about our own food supply, our own water supply. We are not even talking about EMP attacks at this point. Right. We're just simply talking about them owning the farmlands of Middle America and food supply chains. Um, people are starting to wake up to it. Uh, what can be done? I mean, the governors obviously would like to sell as much land as they can if it's in their purview. Shouldn't the DOD be in the business of yeah. of buying up the, the the what you would call I guess proximate land? Shouldn't there be laws passed to prevent foreign entities from owning land on sensitive well, sites? Yeah, um, and furthermore, so there was a base commander I spoke with um, at a pretty sensitive facility in uh, Southern California last November, and he detailed for me 
the story about how there's a lake bed um, that is outside of the base property, but it's right at the end of the runway. And um, basically, every few weeks, there's always a Chinese family that walks into the middle of this lake bed, dried lake bed, and they have all this camera equipment, and they're taking all these pictures. And when base security comes to stop them, first they pretend like they don't speak English, and then when they're brought in for questioning, the one who does supposedly speak English explains that, oh, no, we're vacationing and we're taking pictures of the sites. And, of course, it's just a dried lake bed. There's no site other than the runway. <laughs> right. And the base commander said that he has to release them because they're not on base property. Yeah. They're not technically violent. And when he tried to get the DOD to purchase the land that was for sale, that lake bed was on. DOD said, no, we don't have the budget to do that. Yeah, the DOD doesn't have the budget to buy land near sensitive sites. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly right. Oh, my gosh. All right, Brandon, let me talk to you a little bit about um, a few other threats we're facing when we come right back. Brandon Weikert is our guest, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brandon Weikert is our guest. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy, you can order now online, and next year coming out, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Brandon, um, I've been making a big deal about um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the sentencing of, uh, of the basketball player Brittany Griner in Russia. And I don't know if you think I'm making too big a deal of it, but it does seem to me that the beginning of the end of an administration and the beginning of the end of American power abroad, taking of hostages, and this is little little less than that, little less than taking an American hostage. The Pax Roma, it is not. Um, the, you know, there used to be a time where the mere thought of harming an American came with heavy consequences. And now here we have, as you say, um, the end of American power where it's open season on the United States and her citizens abroad. Um, in fact, if you would believe some of the reports that there's at least a hundred suspected Al Qaeda and Hezbollah terrorists who've come up through the broken border in the last six months. Uh, we could be having open season on Americans right here at home. Um, and you're right. You're right. The, the, the taking of hostages is a key indicator of that. Um, in my opinion, um, the only way forward from this is we have to get a new president because the, the Russians are, are going to keep doing this. The Chinese will do this. They'll threaten our leaders. The Iranians will keep doing this. The Iranians just laid siege to a U.S. military base in Iraq not that long ago, a few days ago. Uh, I believe they tried to take hostages there on uh, a special forces operating base, very small base. Um, they took bulldozers and bulldozed into it. So it is open season at stake so long as this administration is in power. It's very important to note this kind of stuff didn't really happen under Trump. And the couple times it did, Trump responded with so much violence that the enemy stood down very quickly and never tried it again. Yeah, there was this, uh, what should you say about Trump's uh, attitude uh, of projection? Uh, something like along the lines of Teddy Roosevelt's 
Perikaris alive or Rasuli dead. As you say, you right. don't the the, the 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 every hair of the American abroad is to be protected by America here. Um, and and it it and it seems to me Russia's learning an awful lot about the suspicions they had about this president, not only about going into Ukraine and the patience of America to deal with that, but also really pretty much at this point, anything it wants. Correct. Correct. And it's a very sad sign because, as you see now, Russia was the first one to start pushing us. Then the Chinese, now the Iranians are, the North Koreans are doing what they always do. Even the Venezuelans are you know, kind of agitating here and there. All of Latin America could potentially be going to the, to the, the communists again. Uh, so we have a real problem here where pretty much every enemy uh, the United States has doesn't feel threatened by us. Yes, for instance, Biden was able to get Ayman al-Zawahiri, um, Zawahiri, whatever they're saying now. I always knew it was Zawahiri. Yeah, why did they change um, it? I always knew it as uh, Zawahiri. Yeah, they're changing the, the, it. Yeah. The, the bottom line is, though, now we've got a real problem because who gave us that information? It wasn't our people. It might have been a rival faction to Zawahiri uh, who is trying to knock him off so a more dynamic and bloody-minded uh, uh, leader can rise. So the point is, is, even when we do have a victory under Biden, it's really not a great victory. It's, it's, it's a headache, and it's, it's a problem. Uh, so this, this, none of this is going to change because Biden has exhibited such consistent weakness, even when he's not on stage talking, that people don't think he's tough. And his vice president is not tough. And his secretary of state is not tough. His national security advisor didn't even know what a supply chain was, is not tough. So when you have an entire administration of squishes, well, our enemies are not going to really care what they say, only what they do, or in this case, don't do effectively. And then, so we have to get new leadership in the White House. We've got to get them out of there. We've got to get the Democrats out completely, because otherwise it's going to get worse, not better from here. Ukraine will be a cakewalk compared to what we will be subjected to come 2024 and 25. Brandon, you mentioned Iran, and let's talk about that for a second. Adam Credo's reporting that al-Qaeda's number two, Saif al-Adel, might be the next uh, head of al-Qaeda. He is someone intimately related, in an intimate relationship with Iran. Iran has uh, kept him secreted. Yeah. The Iran Revolutionary Guard Corps has protected him. He has, uh, he has, he has lived through safe haven in Iran. Yeah. Uh, the nonsense of Iran not working with Sunnis is just that, nonsense. But the head of al-Qaeda, the, the potential head of al-Qaeda, is in Iran. Yeah, and furthermore, it wasn't just al-Qaeda, but for a while, the Iranians were shielding the Taliban as well. That's right. Um, the Iranians have no compunction about you know, ensuring that America's foreign policy, particularly in the greater Middle East, is harried. Um, at all costs. So that means that if Iran has to, they'll do deals with the Sunnis. They'll do deals with the Taliban. They don't care as long as it complicates the United States and weakens us relative to Iran. Iran has also allowed itself to become a quasi-colony of both the Russians and the Chinese. Right. Uh, you know, and, and in fact, this has been, I talk about this, as you know, in the Shadow War, the members of the Iran parliament, who are members of the same party as the hardliners, are even writing op-eds over the last year and a half saying, we have become a colony of China and Russia to spite America. 
which is not good for the Iranian people. And so Iran's government will do whatever it has to to undermine and weaken the United States, all part of their plan of supremacy for the greater Middle East. And so it's not surprising to me that the next leader of al-Qaeda could very well be an Iranian agent of influence. And God help us. God help us. And America's response is to beg Iran to come to the negotiation table so that we can give them more money. And to help us in Afghanistan right. and Iraq. Right, right. Exactly. The it's same insane. exact thing. Right. Exactly. By the way, we saw pictures of Iran attacking U.S. base in Iraq today, did we not? Right. That's right. So there you have it. They're relishing in it before it used to be covered up. That's right. For fear of reprisal. Yeah, now, now they strut. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now they strut. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it really is something else. I have to take another quick break. You want to stay yeah. for a final segment yeah, and give happily. us your conclusion? Uh, we'll do Absolutely. the weekend review here with Brandon Weikert on the foreign and national security front. As I go to break, let me put in a word for our sponsors at Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Such great customer service, such great service. Chris Funk and his team, they really are the best. You've heard his ads about how he started the company. And, yes, what you will notice is not only their workmanship and their craftsmanship, but really it all starting with that first phone call you make to them when you will notice their customer service. They do what they say, and they say what they'll do. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing for all your air conditioning and plumbing needs, a repair, an inspection, something new, uh, you name it. Cool Touch is there for you, and I have used them so many times, that, and my friends have, that all I can say is it's really the best HVAC company I've ever had. And you can have it, too. Check them out at CoolTouch.us. That's CoolTouch.us. Or give them a call at 623-748-4942. 623-748-4942. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. And thank you again to Brandon Weikert, who's been our guest for the hour. And we do them once a week because the times demand it, sometimes a little bit more. Brandon, uh, the economy is looking an awful lot like the 1970s when it comes to domestic politics. I'll tell you, you survey the world, Russia on the march, Iran on the march, hostages being taken. Foreign policy is looking an awful lot like the 70s, too, isn't it? Actually, the 70s might be preferable to what we have now. Well, yeah, we weren't too worried Uh, about China back then. Right, well, and also, we really weren't weren't, um, led by a president who was compromised the way that, that Biden is. Carter was terrible, but Carter had his faculties about him. Uh, Biden is clearly in decline, and um, his vice president is not doing that much better. In fact, I heard a report today that her um, favorability, or her approval rating, rather, is even lower than his, and that's saying a lot. Um, and so, you know, if something did happen to him, or if he did have to leave office early, which he might, after the midterms, um, she's going to be an even bigger disaster. And she doesn't have the excuse of being mentally compromised, at least that we know of. Um, you know, and so it's actually worse than the 70s, because at least in the 70s, Carter did still have his wits about him. That is not the case with Biden. This guy has horrible policy inclinations, coupled with declining mental acuity, surrounded by a league of idiots. Uh, all of whom are leading us to ruin. Yeah, it's what philosophers call a um, a case of insufficient options, uh, right. especially when it comes to American leadership. 
it, it's it's kind of it's kind of a sad thing when Ooh. the only one showing any kind of backbone to any of our enemies is the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Right. Uh, I'm I'm glad she did it, and you and I uh, spent some time on social media giving her the uh, appropriate kudos for being pretty good on this issue, right. if no other, at least this one for some time. But she is not the civilian control of our military, and she is not no. the civilian control of our foreign policy. And furthermore, she should have done this sooner. She, she should have done this sooner, and it wouldn't have hurt if there was a bipartisan effort here. That's true, and Be- she didn't let that happen. No, she did not. It would have been nice to show yeah. America singing with one voice rather than yeah. a divided government of the same party, which projects even more weakness. Well, Brandon, you know, you're just so great. Congrats on well, every, every achievement and uh, especially oh, this you. important piece you have in the Washington Times today. Thank you. Thank you. Until Monday. Yes, sir. We'll yes, restore sir. our regular Have order on Mondays. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon Weikert. I'm Seth Leibson. Monologue coming up and uh, special guest, professor from the University of Chicago, Charles Lipson on our corporate and mainstream media. Don't go away. A lot more to come. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.